Bienvenidos a Crónicas de la Raza. Welcome to La Raza Chronicles. On today's program, we focus Cuba, Cuba, Cuba. We talk about the embargo, we talk about music, and we bring you everything you want and need de nuestra querida isla. Stay tuned. No te lo pierdas. You're listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza, and today we're focusing on the beautiful isla of Cuba. We are so lucky to have on the line with us Angelica Salazar. She is part of the Alliance for Cuba Engagement and Respect, ACERE, and we are so excited to talk to you about all the really important work you all are doing to not only address the very unjust issues in terms of embargoes from the U.S. to Cuba, but also talk to us about an exciting way people can engage and get involved. Angelica, thank you so much for being here with us. No, thank you all. Saludos a todos y todas. It's my pleasure. My name is Angelica Salazar, as mentioned. I'm a member of the steering committee for the Alliance for Cuba Engagement and Respect. Our acronym is ACERE. Some of you who have, may have traveled to Cuba know the playoff of the kind of slang word for friend, socio, compadre, compañero, compañera, acere. And so uh, we are all aceres in this movement, and many of us have been doing this uh, organizing and mobilizing of U.S. Americans specifically to end the U.S. blockade embargo on Cuba for many years. So I'm, I'm so grateful to have this uh brief time with all of you just to share and uplift the work that we're doing urgently at this time in this new uh, Biden administration and new Congress. That's right, Angelica. We're so happy you all are doing this essential work. So for people who maybe are wondering right now, it's, you know, there's not very much tourism in Cuba. The economy is really suffering. We also right. have gone from Trump, which, you know, we know that things changed with Cuba with Trump. And then w there is hope that things change again, change again with Biden. So if Acere had all the power, political power it could possibly have, and tomorrow got to see the changes that it would like to see in Cuba, what kind of impact do you think it would have? What, what would those changes look like? What impact would it have on the ground? First off, uh, Acere launched just in the summer of last year in the midst of 240-plus extremely cruel and inhumane measures that were put under the Trump administration on the Cuban people in the midst of this global pandemic, right, COVID. And so you can imagine, you know, our economy suffering, a country that has already been blockaded for 60 or so years by the United States, having 240 measures, including stripping Cubans in the diaspora in the United States from sending basic funds through remittances to their families to help them put food on the table. So this has been a very difficult, challenging time for people on the island. I'm coming from spending the last five years there myself personally working on educational programs and study abroad with U.S. university students there at the University of Havana. And so, you know, being able to see the Obama era, right, which where there was some openings in the economy and tourism obviously impacts people's daily lives and sustainability. And then um, under the Trump administration, seeing that Cuba was put on the new State Department's new ranking of insecure countries, which is absolutely ridiculous. You could ask any of my U.S. university students. They've never felt safer in the streets of Havana than they do, you know, much more so in the streets of Detroit or other cities around the country. 
And um, and so we saw all of these sanctions further in, imposed on the Cuban people and just not letting them breathe during this pandemic. So I said it really launched out of that with the mission to channel grassroots advocacy to progressive policy changes to promote a positive and respectful relationship between the two countries. And, and from that, what we have done early in this administration is we have worked with the offices of four co-leaders, Bobby Rush, Barbara Lee here in the Bay Area, Gwen Moore from Wisconsin, and Deep Cohen from Tennessee, who we supported with the initial drafting of a letter that came from their offices and circulated to their colleagues in the House of Representatives. And we were able to get 79 officially congressional representatives to sign a letter. Essentially, the letter is calling for the initial steps to erode the U.S. blockade on Cuba. So this was a major a letter that was delivered and signed by uh, 79 members of Congress to President Biden, urging um, this critical timing to be able to open up, at least lifting some of those sanctions and removing Cuba from the State Department's list of state sponsors in terror, which was kind of the last blow that the Trump administration imposed on Cuba. Mike Pompeo put Cuba back on that terrorism list after it was removed under Obama's administration in 2015. So we are trying to clean up the destructive and disastrous mess of Trump, but we're also trying to put hard pressure on the Biden administration and this current Congress to go beyond what Obama did, um, which, you know, he didn't lift the embargo. Obama did not lift the embargo. He didn't lift the travel ban. He did some openings, which were essential and critical to the well-being and living of, you know, everyday Cubans, but it wasn't enough. I'm speaking to Angelica Salazar. She is talking to us about this newly launched, amazing organization, Alliance for Cuba Engagement and Respect, ACERE, coming out to really push against these sanctions and really hope and the Biden administration can do everything it can to address the real intense consequences. So you lived in Cuba for five years, so you know firsthand what the embargo feels like. So for folks that can't imagine, they've never lived somewhere where there's an embargo. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, well, actually, my first journey was when I was 14 in 1996. And I just remember the food shortages and the long lines and just the the level of uncertainty feeling that as a teenager and then going back in 2001 and actually spending time there and studying there as, you know, as a community college student, a California community college student, and learning firsthand from the family that I, the Cuban family that I was staying with. So being able to have the, the honor and opportunity to host and facilitate the experiences of young U.S. people to be able to see and learn from Cuba, but actually learn firsthand how U.S. policies impact everybody's daily lives, whether it's, you know, el pollo, si hay or no hay, right, in the, in the stores, or it's simple things like students running out of money and realizing how hard it is to get cash down there because you can't use U.S. credit cards because of the U.S. economic, financial, and commercial blockade that we have on the island. So, you know, those everyday experiences are really eye-opening because, you know, we, we don't feel the impact of the blockade here per se, 
other than, you know, U.S. Americans want to travel to Cuba and spend a week on the beach, and but they can't legally. So there's that aspect. But actually being there and understand how it impacts everyday realities for people um, who also want to, you know, travel and, and visit the United States and do medical collaborations and cooperation. I mean, Cuba is now on its second homegrown final phase of a COVID vaccine. You know, the only Latin American country that has now multiple vaccines that are being in trials and two that are in the late phase trials for vaccinating their population and the rest of Latin America and Africa and other countries that they have cooperation with. And so we have a ton to learn from Cuba and we have a, a ton to respect and engage with Cuba. And so that's really the, the grounding of Acere is, is knowing that and really wanting to get the U.S. public engaged and mobilized more than ever. We would like to see in 2021 the U.S. blockade on Cuba ended. So can you tell us about the actions coming up and how people can step up and join the upcoming action to address the blockade? Yeah, thank you so much for, for asking and for uplifting. So ACERE is a, an alliance of 40 plus organizations across the United States, solidarity, grassroots organizations. ACERE specifically focuses on channeling the grassroots energy around the legislative, like the trench work in Washington, right? Not glamorous, but we like to also uplift that the local work is so critical. So I want to highlight that this coming Sunday, March 28th, on 1875 Marin Street in San Francisco, there is going to be one of 11 caravans happening across the, the United States calling for an end of the U.S. blockade on Cuba. So uh, we would like everybody to hit the streets, masked up, in your cars, social distance on this coming Sunday. Again, the address is 1875 Marin Street in San Francisco. We are starting at 11.30 a.m. And if you want more information, I recommend going to the Facebook page for the National Network on Cuba. The National Network on Cuba. On that page, you'll see that there are caravans happening from San Francisco all the way to Miami and Tampa. Uh, A number of our steering committee members were at the uh, last month's caravan in Miami, and it is incredible the energy of the Cuban diaspora, Cuban-Americans that are calling this day Miami, like the belly of the beast, calling for an end of the U.S. blockade on Cuba because they know, they know how it affects their family members. And so we want to organize here in the Bay Area. This is our first one here in San Francisco. They have them in Seattle. There are six other cities in Canada. And so it's, um, it's really energizing. And this is part of kind of the, the direct action in the streets. But on the, the local city level, there has been a number of city council resolutions, most recently the city of Chicago, which was the largest city council passed a resolution specifically to end the U.S. blockade on Cuba. So that's happening. Uh, Cambridge, Mass, just passed a resolution as well just last week. And so this is happening, like, you know, from the city street level 
to kind of the city level. And then on the national level, ACERE is helping to channel energy and advocacy. Specifically, now we're shifting our focus. We, we helped get those 80 signers on that letter to Biden signed by congressional members of Congress. And now we're working on a Senate bill, which Senator Wyden from Oregon introduced in early February. It's called the U.S.-Cuba Trade Act of 2021. And if you like more information, if you want to get engaged, if you want to help us get, you know, our California senators co-sponsored on this bill and you have friends and family across the nation that you can plug them into, you know, we have all of the script and help you get in contact with the senator's office. Aspetti has a call tomorrow with Senator Wyden's staff to see how we can further support getting co-sponsorships on that bill. And that bill specifically is around trade with between the United States and Cuba, which, you know, if you ask anybody in Cuba on the streets, they're like, por favor, we shouldn't have to go to, you know, Vietnam to get our rice when we can just, you know, tap local farmers here in the United States. So uh, we're working on getting co-sponsors on that Senate bill. It's Senate Bill uh, 249. And um, if you want more information, you can email us at allianceforcuba at acere. Again, that's A-C-E-R-E dot org. Allianceforcuba at acere, A-C-E-R-E dot org. And so that's the local action this coming Sunday. I hope to see you all out in the streets in San Francisco, 1875 Marin Street, and um, calling for an end of the U.S. blockade on Cuba in 2021. That's the voice of Angelica Salazar. She is with the Alliance for Cuba Engagement and Respect Acere, and we are so happy to get this heads up about this important action and also just to stay on top of this pivotal time where we really need to do everything possible to end the blockade. So, muchísimas gracias, Angelica. We deeply no, appreciate your commitment, and we hope to check in and do a longer debrief and understand further what's happening on the island, and hopefully we can get some positive news when we check back in. So, muchísimas gracias Great. por todo lo que estás haciendo. Angelica, and so for people who are going to make the action but also want to stay up on your news, how can they stay up on what Aceres is doing? So you could check us out on our website, www.acere. Again, that's A-C-E-R-E dot org. And if you go to join us, if you fill out that form, and if you want to join our steering committee, if you have legislative experience or want to learn or, you know, you're in comps and media and, you know, want to help spread the word, we are a volunteer-based organization and so it, it really is our heart's work, and we welcome yours. This is Nina Serrano for La Raza Chronicles, Cronicas de la Raza. My guests today on Zoom are my son, Greg Landau, and his friend and collaborator, Omar Sosa. Greg is a Bay Area, California, Grammy-nominated music producer and composer, and his friend and collaborator, Omar Sosa, an internationally-based musician and pianist and composer. Welcome, Omar Sosa. Hello, welcome. It's a pleasure. <laughs> and welcome, Greg Landau. Thanks. Nice to be here again. 
I'm glad we're all here. And I want to let you know that my real interest is in your collaboration and the process of collaboration and the evolving collaboration as it's been over many years. I'll start with you, Greg. What are the projects that you and Omar have collaborated on and what were your roles? Well, I'm a music producer and I started producing records in the, the Bay Area and I met Omar at my friend Robert Lieber's record store he, or my son Sebastian met him and brought him over to the house and I began to include Omar in a lot of the things that I was working on. So the first thing we worked on was a record with Patato Valdez, oh yes. uh, with Patato Valdez and Yosvani Terry. That was an interesting collaboration. That's kind of where we, we got started. And then from there, we did many, many projects. We worked with Cuban percussionist Pancho Quinto. Yes. Uh, what else? Dr. Loco. He played on the Dr. Loco record. Yeah, with uh, Piri Thomas. With Piri it's Thomas. It's one of the first projects yeah. we did with Piri. Right. We, we, we accompanied Piri Thomas, Puerto Rican poet. Then we formed a band. We used to play at the Elbow Room. Yeah. Valencia Street with a, an all-star band with people who are now well-known and... Can you name drop? Uh, well, we had uh, Bill Ortiz, uh, who was the trumpet player for Santana. Uh, John, Jos Santo. John Santos. John Santos. Uh, Josvani Terry. Yeah, Jesus Diaz. Jesus Diaz. Uh, Marty Wayne. Marty Wayner, on trombone, uh, Manny Martinez, yeah, Jeff Brennan on bass, Rasan Frederick by, Robert, by that time. Yeah. What, a, what? a lot of different people, including uh, Daphne Sprieto and uh, Robertico Carcasses. Yeah. And uh, the late, uh, yeah, the late uh, Paul Van Wagenen. Yeah, Paul Van Wagenen. Yes. yes. So, um, yeah, those were some of the things we did. Then we decided to do a record with the drummer of Tower Power. Dave Garibaldi with uh, Jesus Diaz and Yosvani Terry called Oaktown Irawo. Yeah, this is, this is basically was our first, yeah, our first a, a, a deep deep collaboration. When we create the music, we went to the studio. And by the way, it's interesting we 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 are talking about this today because Greg is trying to launch launch the record in I don't know what service, and he don't find his the, his copies. That mean. Yeah, he produced the record, and he don't have, he don't found the copy. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting to 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 brought that memories yeah, and and talking about this today because we was talking about right. Tanira Wall. And it's funny that the 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 cover of the Oaktown Nita Wall record was the view from your living room yeah. of Lake Merritt <laughs> yeah. that was painted by Omar's ex-wife uh, Shirma Wayasamin. Uh, the daughter of the famous Ecuadorian painter, uh, Osvaldo Guayasami. Yes, that was a fantastic view where we would watch wonderful sunsets over Lake Merritt.
So, Omar, from Greg's perspective, his son brought you to his house. But how did you meet his son in the record store? Well, by accident. You know, you're, in, in a way, in a way, in life, a lot of things happen by accident. Even if it's already, it's already uh, written by by the creator. But it was I I was living I was living in somebody's uh, apartment for the for the first week uh, I spent here in the Bay Area, and I, I see a record store. It was, was called Around World with a lot of African clothes, a lot of African records. I get in, and I start talking to the to the person inside. And and turn out it was Sebastian. <laughs> yeah. Sebastian said, "Man, you know, don't try to speak English. I can speak Spanish like you. I'm Cuban." I said, "What? You're Cuban?" Oh, and and, and he said, "Well, and my dad and my dad is a is a is, is a musician, and he's a Greg Landau." And we say, we say, what? Say, say again, Greg Landau. Yeah, this name sounds familiar to me, because we met each other in Nicaragua. <laughs> oh. Years, years earlier. earlier. Yeah, years, years earlier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we we play in the same place. I I I was touring with a with a, a singer songwriter from Cuba. His name is Vicente Feliu, and he was he was touring with Mancotal and Enrique Mejia Godoy, and we did we did a double bill in one theater. I don't remember what. In the, no, in the Plaza de Toros. Uh, uh, yeah, in the big the big. Uh, the big place, and I, I meet all the musicians, and one of the musicians I, I, I hook up was with Greg, because he was speaking was perfect Spanish, he knew a lot about Cuban music, he knew a lot about Commune Friends, and and certainly, you know, we did we did few gigs, I think, so yeah. we did few gigs in that tour yeah. it, 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 together, and after that, I don't see him anymore. That was in the and, 1980s, right? Yeah. Yes, I was, re- I was young. Maybe 1983? Yes. I should say here that Omar was originally from Cuba, from Guida de Malena. No, Camagüey. No, you know what? Well, you no, know, what you say, Guida de Malena, is was the first, the first place I went to work in Cuba. When I graduated, they sent me to one school to 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 teach because basically in Cuba, the I, I don't know what happened uh, those days, but in my time, yeah, the 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 policy was. When you graduate, the government send 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 you to to some place to, to some area on the of uh, in the island to give a class. So I went to Huira de Melena. So I live in Huira de Melena for almost a year and a half. But I'm from Camagüey. I'm 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 from the middle of the island. I'm in from the same town of of, of uh, the late the late Pancho Terry, Josbani Terry. Uh, junior, a lot, a lot of musicians come from, from, from my, from my, from my hometown. So, well, back to you, back to you, to your question. Uh, uh, when I, when I met Sebastian, he told me, okay, let's set in a day. Yeah, actually, Sebastian was living in your home yeah. at that time. Yeah, and he told me, oh, come to my house. I was your house in San Francisco, and you know, and when I saw Greg, I said. Oh my God! <laughs> I see an old friend, but we, but we're not so, we're not so young, but we're still young. <laughs> and and Greg told me, well, you know, I have a studio, I, I do some work, and uh, from from that day until today, we are we are a family. Yeah, we are a family. Well, we know we are a family for many reasons. You know, not not only for the musical aspects, 
it's for the you know our spiritual dimension is in the same is in the same level is in the same lane and 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 now we have a lot of projects together we did an, another project i really love maybe greg can talk more about this it's called a day off in the garage why this name because of what yeah, we 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 was working on that project all all the days we have off to create that project no yeah <laughs> yeah I remember so, that recording and maybe I'll be able to interject it for the listeners so they can hear some recordings from it. Pensando en mi tiempo de adolescente Surge tu presencia en mi mente Me acuerdo de ti como si hubiera acabado de verte Recuerdo tu pelo negro, ojos oscuros Y tu piel canela suave y caliente Bajo la luz del sol que refleja su vapor En tu cuerpo fuertemente Han pasado tantos años y no he podido verte Quisiera platicar contigo y saber si aún me amas locamente Oye, sé que ha sido el destino culpable de nuestra separación Creando esta distancia entre nuestro inolvidable amor Cosa buena, pero a pesar de todo seguiré amándote Y vivirás para siempre dentro de mi corazón Y por eso...
something yeah we we was talking a few days ago about about that record you know in a way it was i don't want to say the first time because this is i don't want to be too uh absolutist <laughs> an absolutist <laughs> yeah absolutely but was one of the first record when 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 you got this mix of the real funk guy american with the afro-cubans guy together funk but because we, we got one of the one of the masters of the funk in the planet mr david garvaldi on drum so what's what's so good when we when when we did that project because for me was was a dream come true because i come to united states to make music and to record music and i remember when we did that project I, I, well, maybe you don't know, Greg, but I, I was crying. When we finished the project, I was crying because we said, wow, we did it. And we did something until today, in my humble opinion, is still fresh and alive. So one track of, of Tanguirabu is going to be good for the listeners. Could you translate that title? There's, there's <laughs> no, no, no translation. <laughs> Oak Town is like it's like it's like it's like land. Oakland spirit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oakland Irawo. Yeah, yeah. Irawo. Oak Town. Yeah, Irawo is a is a Yoruba is a Yoruba word, uh, and and yeah, the whole title sound like an African title, but in the end, it's only one word that comes from Africa. Oak Town is basically. Yeah, from the, MC Hammer. Yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> so it was it was trying to blend the Afro American sound with the Afro Cuban sound. Exactly. Yes. And include spiritual dimensions. Totally. Right. Yeah. 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 This is why. Yeah. This is why when you listen when you listen the record, you have the you have the sense of you are you are in America. But but you can be in in Cayo Hueso too, you can be in Oakland, you can be in Cayo Hueso, you can be in in Buira de Melena, you can be I don't know Matanza, because we have a dance song there, and I, I was listening with Greg uh, when he when he loading down the record in I don't know what service, and and I listened and said wow this dance song was sounded great because we have we have I think Anthony Blair and Anthony Blair put some violin or not. No, no, no. 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 Was Calloway, Calloway yeah. John Calloway was on that, on that record too. And actually, yeah, I I need to say, it turned out it, it turned out a beautiful musical community. Actually, this this community is still alive today, because few days ago Mike Spider came here to record, and and every day somebody come here, uh, to to Greg House because it's one of the for me, Greg House in 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 the Bay Area. Greg Studio, El Patio de Ochun, 
¿Cómo se dice patio de chun en inglés? Ochun's Garden. Ochun's Garden is the name of the of the studio. It is it became a, it became in a way the backbone of 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 the Latin sound in the Bay Area. And and I I I gonna take it far far. I can I can say it became the trademark of one sound of a Latin Afro Latin music is is already spread in the whole entire world because war uh, work sorry greg <laughs> greg is is he's is he one of his last uh, a, a production is los cojolites and and this band is come from mexico and and, and they already win they, 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 they won a grammy too. two two nominations they they, they they won two nominations and it's a it's a mexican it's a mexican music with his soul in it became a new sound of a Mexican music and turn out a sound of a people a lot of people like in the planet out of the Mexican music. So it's a creation of Yusan. <laughs>
the years the technology has changed how has that affected your work well not that much because we did a lot of amazing things without computers <laughs> and i'm not saying that anything we're doing now sounds better than what we did then uh it makes it easier yeah. but um we can work long distance and we can yeah. do things but we we did it without the the, the technology then so, Omar, you travel all over the world with your music. What are some of the influences that have entered your musical life through that? Well, you know, all what I do today, of the first, I need to say, I was traveling a lot <laughs> before, the, before the COVID. <laughs> you know, I remember when, yeah, the, the, the day they, choked, uh, they, they locked down, uh, actually, the whole the whole planet was my my last day of my last tour in my life. It was in Chicago, yeah, the last last year. But uh, back to your question, uh, you you every time I, I I I travel to a new country, the first thing I try to looking for is for what is the best place to eat to eat traditional food of this country. Because through food, you can learn the culture of the country. And, and through food, you can arrive to certain music. Because most of the time, in all these traditional uh, restaurants or this traditional place, they provide a traditional uh, food, they used to have a traditional music too. <laughs> so, yeah, when I went to Morocco, it happened the same to me. When I went to China, it happened. It happened to me when I went to Egypt. The same scene when that, you know, almost in the whole in the whole planet, including America, you know, it's not it's not the same when you go to LA, when you come to San Francisco, when you go to Miami, or when you go to New Orleans, or when you go to Detroit. 
you know, if you eat, if, if you eat in one traditional restaurant in in New Orleans, the music, the music, if if you go you're gonna hear most of the time, is fit fit with the Creole with the Creole uh, dishes, and and you you feel the music, you hear the music, but you feel in your palate the flavor of of certain of certain tradition. I don't know if I answered your question, but but definitely in every place I have a, a lot of influence, and and this this so marked me. That when I create music now, I don't even think about country. I just think about sound and and can be sound and come from Africa. For example, we work in a project now. I don't want to say what is the name of the project because I we cannot say nothing yet. But you know, we use a beautiful instruments. It's come from Africa, but the project we we dealing is have a have a African diaspora, but we use instruments that come from Mali, from Senegal, from whatever part of Africa, and fix per- perfect inside of the music. And the good thing with Greg and I, we both sing the same. Now we don't need to talk. It's beautiful when you produce a record, when you work with a producer, and you don't need to explain too many things. Me, your my idea is this. When I when I, I I try to tell something to Greg, he already he already did it. <laughs> it's like when we do a, editing, edition, or recording, boom, 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 everything needs to float in. Why is float is floating? Because we have the same background. We feel this. We feel the music in the same way. We love groove. We love melody. We love space, but we love we we love identity in every single scene. We we produce and we do uh, together and separately. When Greg does something, identity is one of the first flag he put on top of the table, and honesty and and clarity in the idea. This with the idea. The same thing happened to me when I do the project. Can you imagine when we do project together? It's easy. It's easy. And actually, the technology help a lot to us. I don't want to say why, yeah. but help a lot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is a secret. (laughs) So what are your next projects? Well, uh, (laughs) we've been working on a few projects. We did a a project with, uh, with Camilo, my nephew, who's been part of our, of our tribe. tribe. He started when he was 14 working with Omar and we're doing a a recording with a local rapper named Deuce Eclipse. Uh, about the George Floyd killing and a, a tribute to George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement. We've been working on projects that we've had in the, the back burner recordings that we've done with a, a Brazilian singer from the group Ile Aie, um, yeah. Graça. Graça Una City. Una City and, and, um, and other things that we've done and just working on different uh, projects that we've kind of had in the, the back burner to finish up with uh, Cotito, the Peruvian uh, cajon player, and a, lo- a lot of different things that we had. Yeah, and 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 actually, it's always it's always new scene, new scene can happen, because yeah, you know, it's every time you know, every time I I I come to Greg's studio, we record something. Well, when when I say every time is. Literally every time, every time I come to to this place, we come out with a track. 
<laughs> it don't matter if it's one hour, two hours, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, something needs to be imprinted. This is why yeah, yeah, uh, technology help help us a lot. Because you know, before we need to take all the equipment and bring to one studio, rent the studio, and you, because they don't have piano, but now with the technology, with couple scenes, we already can get the beautiful sound of a great, uh, of a good piano or or a good uh, uh, vintage uh, 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 electroacoustic keyboard, or like like a Fender Row, good Lizard, or all this piano, and. You know, we have a lot of projects that we're working on, and we have a lot of other projects. Is they go? They're gonna come out. They're gonna come out in in, in this year and the next year. And do you do a lot of this while you're in one continent and Greg in the other? And we do something. And now yeah. this is one of the reasons I bought a computer now to set in everything to be in contact with Greg. Right. <laughs> I got a computer just for this because I got I got. A little studio, but just really little, not like not like your son have here. But is 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 the idea I try to have in whatever part of the planet uh, uh, the planet I I been, I can say okay, we got this. I have this, so he can send me he can send me some files. Well, it's it's a new sense. Everything is 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 uh, in instance in the in in the same time, no matter in what in what part of the planet you are. So. Well, that's wonderful for collaborators. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he said, wow. It's a, it's a, it's a plus. Yeah, plus. It's a plus. <laughs> this is really a blessing of friendship and I guess where friendship and music comes together. Yeah, well, that that's how it usually ends up, is that, <laughs> that you have to have a bond and chemistry. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention one of the projects we worked on was the Mexican rock band Maldita Vecindad. Oh, see. Omar recorded four songs on the Maldita Vecindad record, which is kind of a historic moment of, of the blending of these things. Of course, the Maldita Vecindad fans hated it because <laughs> it's like they, they're they a group that's known for one hit that they had in the 90s. And then here there's some they come up with something new and the fans weren't really ready to hear it. But I hear that that's changing, and they're re-releasing the record now. You mean the audiences catch up with the artists? Right, yeah. That now the blend that they were doing that all the audience hated, now the, the those fans are a little older, and now they're ready to hear it. Yeah. I think it's interesting what you say, because we did a few projects, yeah, even, even day off in the garage. Yeah, I don't want to say that, but a but few people say, was was a little ahead. The music was a little ahead for the time we released, and 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 now it's it's normal because because it's happened basically regularly in in all the in in all the uh, style of music. But by that time, but by that time was a more what was a more complicated. Yeah, you're basically yeah yeah basically because yeah because no one was was mixing. You know, Afro-Cuban scene with a Mexican scene with a little uh, dance hall reggae. Yeah, <laughs> or cumbia, cumbia, yeah. cumbia with with Yoruba. You yeah. know. Yeah. I remember uh, on that record that you also included conversations on a city bus. Yeah, it's right. conversations from a city bus. Yeah. Yes. And those that at that time that kind of thing was never done. 
No, well, yeah, because the people don't don't used to uh, uh, bring back to the to the studio some of their reality. They 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 be able to to listen on the street regularly because and of course some people did before, you know, but not in that context of Latin Latin. Uh, let's put it, Mexican with Yoruba, right. or 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 Colombia with Yoruba. Even if 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 we all have a connection, but 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 that even even spoken word spoken word with with uh, with cumbia. Yeah. So we also had we used uh, poetry from the famous decima poet Guillermo Velázquez. Uh, and then, but we had it recorded on a record, and then we had a DJ yeah. scratching it to to make a reference to censorship in Mexico. I think no one understood the the reference except us. <laughs> so you have hidden messages inside your music, right? Always, yes. This is the bottom line. Yeah, without a message inside of our of our music, what is the reason to make music? For me, this is what I think. I think we have a mission. It's our mission is try to try to bring hope, peace, unity, kill the segregation. Try to find a way if we the, the we we love each other as we are. No matter what kind of color of skin, no matter what kind of religion we have, no matter what where where country we come from, and this is something personal. I need to say. Thank you, Greg, and thank you, you, because 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 we know each other for a long time, and 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 I feel like I'm part of your family, guys. I need to say, I, and now in a, in a spiritual dimension, I'm part of your family, but I feel I'm part of your family because from the beginning, all of you they open they open the door to your soul, to your heart, and to your how to tell. Okay, come here to feeling home. And now you know after more than twenty years, it is here. The, the, the music, the music represents this love and this unity. Every everything we do represents this to the people. And no one, no one can say is no love behind the music. They can say whatever, but the only thing they cannot say is is no love behind that music, and is no message behind that music, because this is our flag, and this is our bottom line of the music that we do. If we're going to die like this. Well, that was beautifully put, and it's definitely what I feel towards it, you also. And that's what's so wonderful about the music, is yeah. the message, which is the love and the collaboration and the sharing. It, so thank you both for this interview. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. And actually, I'm gonna say one phrase in Spanish. I really, I really like. Is it show the power of be together and 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 be in a community and be a tribe. This phrase say, "Un solo palo no hace monte." I don't know how we could can translate this. In you can't make a forest with just one tree. <laughs> That's it. Well put. Okay. Thank you, Nina. Well, thank okay. you, Olga Rosa. Thank you, Greg Landau. Okay. Yeah, thank you. It's thank been you. a Love. pleasure. Love. Bye-bye. It's our pleasure. Bye. Bye. 
You've been listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. If you'd like to stay up on our news, like us on Facebook at La Raza Chronicles on Facebook. If you want to hear this program or share it with a friend, you can go to soundcloud.com slash La Raza Chronicles and share it. If you have any ideas for interviews we should be doing or would like to get involved with our collective, you can email us at lajasachronicles at kpfa.org. Muchísimas gracias y buenas noches.